faithwire.com. Shocking images emerge from Afghanistan as the Taliban take Kabul days after Biden mocked the very idea that it could happen. Today's Monday, August 16th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this story and more on today's four and three podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. And joining me, as always, is Trey Goins, Philip, faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey Dan, happy Monday. Woo. Get to it's like the hamster wheel that just starts oh, over man. again. And <laughs> yeah, and there's chaos going on right now. It is yeah, some some days sure. are slow news days. This is not one of them. No, not at all. So coming up on the podcast, we're going to talk about an actor who's condemning gender-neutral terms like chest feeding. Mm. Uh, she calls them degrading to women. Uh, then Haiti is rocked with a massive 7.2 earthquake weeks after their president was assassinated. Uh, and that Christian teacher who quit her job last week over the Loudoun County School District's equity policies and embrace of CRT, she's crediting her courage to the grace of God in her life. That's great. Her story went pretty viral and yeah. uh, including on our page uh, with the post we had on it. So you can check that out at uh, faithwire.com. Uh, but let's dive. We got a lot to get through here. So we're going to go right into story number one. And just an absolute disaster is unfolding in Afghanistan as the Taliban has taken Kabul and Bagram Air Base, confiscating military vehicles and weapons while freeing thousands of Taliban and Al-Qaeda prisoners in the process, including high-level operatives. Uh, from Al-Qaeda. This this all comes just days after Joe Biden scoffed at the idea that the Taliban could ever take the country. He was asked about it, uh, and this is not aging well. Here is what Biden said back on July 8th. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an air force, against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. So blatantly wrong there. He was pressed on it again just a few moments later. This is again July 8th, President Joe Biden. And do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comparable. And uh, today we have images that really show the exact opposite of what President Biden said would happen. Helicopters circling around the embassy, taking people off the roof. And, and arguably it's not comparable. It's actually worse um, because, man, the, the images that are coming out today are really, really disturbing. As the Taliban swept into Afghanistan's capital swiftly took it over they're sitting in the capitol building in the presidential palace they're just there at the desk um the taliban fighters were seen all over town taking the checkpoints uh and again as i said taking bagram air base and that led to the release of somewhere as estimates say according to the new york times five thousand to seven thousand terrorists were released uh, because of this and most shockingly i think 
is the video that's going around. We have it up on faithwire.com right now where you can see Af Afghanis just desperate running down the uh, runway of the airport as a U.S. military aircraft, a large C-17, is moving down the runway and these people are running next to it and climbing on it. You can see them climbing on it. But then yeah. in later videos, in separate videos that were shown of the same plane taking off, you can actually see people falling. They, they stayed on the plane as it took off and then fell as it was a few hundred feet up in the air uh, and then coming down and landing to their deaths. Obviously, some, some neighbors showed there were disturbing images of just the bodies that fell from the sky and landed on their roof. So uh, just horrible, horrible things. And, and some reporters have observed... I think correctly, just imagine the level of desperation that people must be feeling in order to make a decision such as that. It's very similar, ironically, to 9-11 when you're trapped in the top of the building and it's burning and people were jumping out because they just assumed they were going to die and that was it. And so they'd rather it be quick than have to burn. So, I mean, just horrible, horrible, unimaginable things happening right now. It's a human tragedy unfolding. And today, the Biden administration is standing by its decision. President Biden just uh, tweeted out a little while ago that he will be addressing the nation at 345 today. Returning from Camp David, uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken told Chuck Todd yesterday that uh, he stood by the decision to keep plowing through the deadline there, the May deadline that, of withdrawal that was put in place by the uh, Trump administration. And he said it would have angered the Taliban. It would have caused the Taliban to attack U.S. troop installations. So Chuck Todd actually pressed on and wondered why they couldn't have just waited until the winter when we know that the Taliban retreats from fighting. Uh, since they've decided to ignore so many other Trump orders, why must they stick by this one? Um, the U.S. Uh, Defense Secretary did approve 1,000 more U.S. troops to head into Afghanistan due to the deteriorating security situation. Um, and so Middle East Eye journalist um, Ragib Soilu, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he reported that uh, a Taliban spokesman's comments. This is kind of what we're dealing with here, Trey. They, this, is yeah. what, this is what the Taliban is saying as they're coming in and taking Kabul. They said, we will allow women to leave the house alone. And they said punishment such as execution, stonings, and amputation will depend on court ruling. And they also told the Associated Press that they would hold talks aimed at a, quote, more open and inclusive Islamic government. Meanwhile, those statements had the backdrop of workers being seen painting over murals of women that were in the streets uh, of Afghanistan. So um, so many are likening these scenes, Trey, to Biden's Saigon, which uh, in which U.S. personnel were evacuated from the embassy in helicopters and now we're seeing that exact scene play out, and it's pretty much a hundred times worse. I mean, Afghani interpreters who helped the U.S. are being executed by the Taliban. We're seeing ex-military talk about that and current military talking about um, how these people are in grave danger for fear of retribution. And um, another thing about this is that um, those who are trying to deflect blame uh, from the president are arguing that this is George W. Bush's mess to begin with. Therefore, nothing that happens here is really his fault because they inherited it. Uh, you had Dan Rather saying, how much money do we spend in Afghanistan over the last 20 years that we were told we could never afford to spend at home? 
Tyler Cohen said, breaking, the Republican Party has deleted a page from their website that pointed out that Trump wanted to pull out of Afghanistan. So trying to play politics with it there. Uh, the Daily Show, Trevor Noah said, the situation in Afghanistan makes America look so bad. Texas has already banned schools from teaching it. So apparently they're just going to joke about it. Um, and as Biden just said that they will be speaking today, um, Vice President Kamala Harris, her last tweet ahead of that announcement was, please protect yourself and your loved ones get vaccinated. So uh, before that, there was a couple day gap in tweets and public yeah. statements from the president. It's kind of just um, MIA, basically. So why does it matter? Obviously, this matters for a lot of reasons. And I think for me, Trey, I mean, you know, I started going into my professional career right before 9-11. So that was one of the first big things that we covered. And so, yeah, you know, to see and then we covered all these Americans that went over. We, I mean, we invested thousands of lives into defending America from terrorists and to try to help Afghanistan not be a failed state. And so whether you agree with that mission or not, we were there and our pe real people went there. Real Americans went there to try to accomplish that mission and to see it ending like this 20 years later i mean it's really difficult to put into words truly how awful this is and i can't imagine how veterans of afghanistan must feel right now i mean they just yeah. must feel horrible um and it also matters because unless president you know biden begins to speak out and lead he's gonna we'll see what he says today but i mean it's gonna make people question if we even have a person who's really fit to be in the office of president, if they're going to hide for the days, days and days in the middle of a crisis, um, it, it, you know, it, maybe he'll be able to calm people and, and show some leadership here this afternoon. I don't know. But pray for the people of Afghanistan and pray for our country and leadership, because it sure seems that they clearly need it um, yeah. in the midst of this chaos. And this just seems like it was a, uh, an attempt at some sort of domestic political victory mm -hmm. uh, that would mm -hmm. that would make the white house look really good yeah. uh, and it was completely no no concern whatsoever for what kind of ramifications it was actually right. going to have uh much less the fact that just from a pragmatic sense like did they not think that people were going to be on social media and we were going <laughs> to see what right. was going to happen right. like just because afghanistan's in the middle east and we we're here in the united states like it's 2021 we're going to be able to see what happens yeah. when you do this uh, and, you know, former uh, U.S. Navy SEAL, or I should say, so Navy SEALs don't like to be called former. Right. Uh, once, once a SEAL, always a SEAL. So retired <laughs> Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, he's uh, the one who killed uh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, he slammed the Biden administration uh, just today uh, over, you know, its handling of, of Afghanistan. He said that General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, needs to resign uh, you know, it's just because the, the whole thing has just been so poorly handled. Uh, he said there are Afghans, like you said, Dan, falling to their deaths off of our retreating aircraft. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, condemned the, the White House for their handling of it. And then Dan Darling, he's the uh, vice president at the National Religious Broadcasters Association. He tweeted uh, yesterday, I just can't get over the fact that we allowed a country to descend into chaos, abandoned to slaughter Afghans who helped us and gave up a strategic presence, all because we just had to get 12, uh, 2,500 troops yeah. out. Absolutely nonsensical. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Uh, so and, that... Uh, Perfectly summarizes how I feel about all that. Yes, agreed. Well said. And last last thought on this, Trey. Expect here's what you can expect to to see on the news networks over the next couple of days. Um, a CNN reporter um, said on the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan, they're just chanting "Death to America," but they seem friendly at the same time. 
Here, I'm, I'm gonna play that clip. <laughs> They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. It's utterly bizarre. Yes, utterly bizarre, Trey, that they um, are chanting death to America, but seem friendly at the same time. I mean, I just, yeah. I just cannot. I cannot. It's gonna I be can, a tough week. <laughs> how does that sentence come out of someone's mouth? I don't mouth? know. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. All right. We move on, I guess. Yes. Story story number two. So uh, actor Kiersey Alley, uh, she's calling out transgender inclusive language uh, for being harmful to biological women. Uh, so here are the three things you need to know, and we'll start with the details. So uh, Alley approached the subject on her Twitter feed over the weekend with a post that read, breastfeeding is what women do. Women also bottle feed. Men bottle feed too. Uh, we do not have to buckle uh, to the insanity of the minuscule minority of lunatics who make us feel guilty for not sharing their insanity. Uh, so while the connection wasn't immediately clear, Ali's tweet came just days after the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine published a new guidance on lactation-related language. It encouraged healthcare professionals to stop using the exclusive term breastfeeding because it alienates transgender people. Instead, the organization said to use terms like human milk feeding uh, and chest feeding because, quote, not all people who give birth and lactate identify as female. The CDC also faced criticism last week when it tweeted uh, it is now encouraging pregnant people instead of pregnant women to take the COVID-19 vaccination. So for her part, Allie went on to say that she is a little tired of the degrading and nullifying of women and their abilities you know, for political gain. Uh, breastfeeding is one of our abilities, she wrote. It's a beautiful and important ability. Knock off the nullifying of women for the sake of lunatics. Equal rights to not equal insanity. It's our personal responsibility to agree or disagree with concepts. My only point here today is don't let insanity force you to pretend like you agree with the insanity. Uh, it's part of the insanity to shame you into agreement. A lot of use of the word insanity there. Um, but not entirely wrong, I don't think. So, uh, you know, number two, here's, here's one of my thoughts. Allie is just the latest to speak out about all this stuff. J.K. Rowling, uh, Dan, you remember, is one of the other names. She's yeah. like the, one of the biggest names to condemn. Uh, the fact that so much of this stuff that's intended to be about quote unquote inclusion and, you know, embracing, uh, you know, non or gender nonconforming terms uh, th that's supposed to make society better uh, actually ends with the erasure of biological women from spaces that were intentionally designed for them. I'm thinking like locker rooms, restrooms, uh, sports teams, uh, even awards that are specifically designed for women are now going to men, biological men who identify uh, as women. So number three, here's why it matters. Look, as Christians, we know God's design for his creation. Uh, we know the world is broken. And, and although the Bible says that we know what the Bible says about sex and our creation is male and female, we also know that that design has been fractured uh, by the presence of sin in the world. I think that so much of this, though, is because people don't know their identity. Like, so we're just grasping at straws and creating all of this stuff that really is, like Kirstie Alley said, it's insanity. Uh, you know, because what people are experiencing is real, uh, but they're looking in all the wrong places for solutions to the pain that they're facing, whether it's, I, I don't know where I belong. I don't feel like there's a place where I belong, but I can find that inclusion and that safety mm. and that sense of belonging like in an LGBT community uh, or, or whatever it is. Uh, but the consequences of that, of people searching to, to feel like, uh, as cliche as it sounds, maybe even cheesy, like a God-sized hole mm -hmm. with all of this other temporary stuff, uh, not only is it having consequences for them, 
uh, but we're seeing it, you know, we're reaping the consequences as a society uh, as a whole. Uh, and that I th- at, at the end of the day, like, I think that's what this all boils down to is people are looking for, for belonging. They're looking for identity. They're looking to fill that God-sized hole, and they're putting all of these temporary and toxic Band-Aids on top of it uh, instead of finding that in Christ. And maybe that's partially our fault. Maybe as believers as a church, we should do better uh, about communicating. Uh, but it doesn't make it easy when, when we've got a society that's just so— uh, uh, turned off to Christianity and and is so frequently pushing back against any, uh, any, you know, Christian theology. Yeah. And um, gosh, you know, we have a, it's a kind of a, through a extended family here, heard of a situation where is this young 20 something year old is uh, identifying as transgender and then went through all the surgeries, got the Adam's apple removed, did other surgeries and, now they are suicidal and in a in a psych ward on because they're just afraid that they're going to harm themselves so they've got them kind of on lockdown and you know it's and that's the exact thing i thought that you just talked about trey which searching for your identity in the wrong place because you go through all these surgeries thinking this is going to be it and then it's not you know it's just not and so um they find that truth out too late and you know i Shame on these doctors that are doing these things too, these surgeries and going through with yeah. this stuff. So it, it's just, man, it's the brokenness is real, and um, it's where uh, you know Christians need to be an area where we need to be speaking truth. And you know, the, the culture may not love it, but um, it, it certainly is needed, as we're seeing with these yeah. results that you're talking about and that I'm hearing as well. And I think too, we you need to be careful. Like the 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 feelings that people are feeling, the those thoughts and those feelings are, are the result of a broken world. Mm-hmm. So they're the result of a fallen and sinful world. Yeah. But you having those feelings isn't sinful. Uh, what what becomes sinful is when you act on them, uh, or or when you you look for a solution to those feelings, uh, to that brokenness in the wrong place. And that's what oftentimes ends up leading to sin. Uh, and it, it when I, what you're talking about with with continue to do surgery after surgery or, or hormone treatment after hormone treatment, you know, whatever it is, it just is a, it, it points to the same pattern we see in pretty much all of sin, which is it escalates mm-hmm. like that didn't give me the, the, um, the feeling that I needed or didn't give me the sense of belonging that I needed. So maybe if I ratchet it up a little bit more, then I'll get it, you know, or maybe I need to do a little bit more and then I'll get that feeling. And it just ends up leading us further and further down a destructive path that takes us further away from God and and what he wants from us. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, Couldn't agree more. All right, let's head into story number three. Another, another, tragic big story happening right now and i'm actually afraid a little bit trey that it might get buried a little bit in the uh, in the news yeah. because of afghanistan and this is an area of great need and maybe some of you listening uh, will feel led to to help out 1297 that's how many people have died in haiti's devastating earthquake over the weekend um, at least 2800 people that we know of have been injured following an earthquake on saturday morning Uh, And rescue teams are now working to find an an unknown number of missing people. Um, And so this is Haiti. Even though they're doing rescue efforts, you got to realize that um, there are very few resources. And according to some reports, there's very little uh, equipment 
actually like bulldozers and such being able to move rubble around uh, medicine um, doctors and nurses are sending out messages that they're having very very a lot of trouble uh, keeping up with the demand and um, hospitals are said to be in dire straits they are you know this is Haiti they already had a shortage of medical supplies now it's just worse yeah. and according to the New York Times there's only about 30 doctors for every 1 million people and you think about that that's nuts um, and this comes on the heels of the country's president being assassinated, which already threw them into turmoil. And to make matters worse, we're heading into tro- tropical storm season and tropical storm Grace is on the way and it could unleash heavy rains and flooding and uh, mudslides. And if you've, if you've ever been to Haiti, it's actually quite, there's a lot of mountainous terrain around. So yeah. those, uh, the mudslides thing there is a, is a real deal. Um, and so this, this earthquake struck about 80 miles west of Port-au-Prince. And to give you an idea how strong the quake was, it was a 7.2 on Saturday. And it was a magnitude 7 that in Haiti that killed more than 220,000 people in 2010. I believe that one was just happened to be more focused on Port-au-Prince, which is just more densely populated than the western side of Haiti, which is a little more sparse. Um, and then they dealt with Hurricane Matthew in 2016, and then you got this, the assassination, and now and now another earthquake. And so um, some ob- observations here, Trey, you know, this this hit the western side of 80. This is where I actually went back in 2017, and we did a few reports for CBN and Faithwire on a few things, including Christian missionary Kate Bartow. We covered her story. She's got an incredible story um, of what she did back then in, in 2017 uh, when there was turmoil and unrest going on there at that time. Um, and we've done several other reports with her. She she was helping lead a charge to feed prisoners in awful conditions there. So a lot of you um, actually donated to that and helped contribute to that effort. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, but she, uh, we have a post coming here with information from her and from other people on the ground there that we know, um, just showing some of the devastation. And it is just, it's just unbelievable. A friend that I met there told me on a text over the weekend that he said, we're all in the streets after the quake and said many of their friends are dead. So just just wow. horrible, horrible circumstances there. And and again, you know, this was after the after president uh their president was assassinated there in Haiti. They were riots, turmoil, unrest. I mean, there's we just did a report on CBN's YouTube page. Uh you can check it out there. It said there's no government. They they just got no government really. It was already kind of you didn't feel like there was much of a government when you were there and then now after the assassination, even less so. So their problems there in Haiti are just ultimately rooted in a lot of corruption. And those their deeper issues are not going to be solved until that is addressed. So when you see dysfunction, like no equipment moving stuff around or supplies in shortage, until the corruption is rooted out um, and they get an actual stable government in there, that's, that's not going to be solved anytime soon. But in the meantime, if you want to help, I mean, I've seen people do- warning against donating to the Red Cross. I guess they've had a bad experience there uh, on the ground. And they say instead, focus on more localized groups and missionaries who will be there. So um, obviously, that's your choice to make. Uh, we're not going to recommend one way or another. I'm just t- relaying what, what I've heard. Um, yeah. But for example, Kate is Bartow is heading to Haiti actually tomorrow, and she's raising money to bring supplies with her. She's already raised over $5,000 just to bring bandages and things of that nature. So 
Um, so until you see it, I, Trey, I mean, why does it matter? Until you see it, it's just quite hard to imagine the poverty and instability that Haitians live with. And th there's a good amount of Christians there, actually. It's, it's about 80% of Haitians are Catholic, 16% Protestants, which is about 10% Baptist there amongst that breakdown. Um, so overwhelming actual Christian population there. But the problem is there is a heavy influence of voodoo and just other variations of the voodoo stuff. If you drive around, it's crazy. You see it. There's like voodoo huts and things along the side of the road. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of superstition and, and stuff even within Christian culture there. So um, so they definitely need a prayer, need, need their help. But, um, you know, obviously prayer are the first and foremost thing, Trey. But, you know, if you feel if you want to help and, and uh, you know, the recommendation there is to just seek out a reputable charity or um, a missionary to donate to is going to be on the ground there and help. But um, um, but yeah, they certainly first and foremost are going to need our prayers. Yeah, definitely. And there, I mean, there are so many different Christian charities that work with this yeah. kind of stuff all, all the time. There's Samaritans versus yes. you know, CBN's Operation going, yeah. Blessing. That's a, a huge one that does mm -hmm. all kinds of of outreach. Yes. Um, so if you just search it, like there's plenty of opportunity to, to, to find the right kind of ministries that you're comfortable donating to that you feel, uh, you know, inclined, you know, by the Holy Spirit or whatever to, to give to and to partner with. Um, but you know, as much as we talk about how uh, whenever there's a, a tragedy here at home uh, where there's so many people talking heads on television that tell us that thoughts and prayers don't mean anything, but as Christians, we know that that's not true. Uh, we know that there's a whole lot of power in prayer. Yeah. Um, and, and whether you donate or not, uh, you know, that's up to you and, and depends on your financial situation. Uh, but you can always pray. There's nothing stopping you from praying. So just uh, keep these people uh, in Haiti. Uh, in your in your prayers yeah. also in afghanistan you know for that matter keep keep the people in afghanistan and in haiti uh, in your prayers and and it's easy to kind of set them out of our minds dan i think because they're they're so far away from us geographically um but there are brothers and sisters in christ and yeah. our, our fellow human beings too and they you know they're hurt by tragedy just as much as we would be hurt by tragedy um so you know think about them whenever you're you're praying and and remember them in your prayers indeed all right, story number four. Uh, so the Christian teacher who quit her job last week over the school district's embrace of equity trainings and critical race theory is speaking out about her faith. Uh, so here are three things. Uh, we'll start with the details. So the teacher, Laura Morris, she resigned during a school board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia last week, telling the members uh, of the board that she refused to continue serving as a cog in a machine that tells me to push politicized agendas on her students. Uh, she said at the time that the content she was being forced to teach and the instruction she was sitting under did not square with who I am as a believer in Christ. And in, in, in an interview late last week with Fox News' Tucker Carlson, Morris attributed the courage it took to resign so publicly to her, quote, walk with the Lord. She said it was a very hard decision to make and not one that she took lightly, noting she regrets that she had to leave her students and her friends or colleagues behind. She said, it's been a life-changing experience and I'm just honored and I'm humbled by all of it. Uh, when Carlson described her as brave, though, she said that she doesn't feel it's accurate because she was only able to do what she did by the grace of God. Shortly after her headline-grabbing resignation, Morris said she received an email from a man who told her, it's been said that one candle can illuminate a thousand others without di diminishing its own illumination. She said that she was so moved by his comments and never would have thought of herself as someone in such a position able to, to make a difference. 
Uh, she said, I feel the amazing blessings of God just pouring down on me from what has happened. She told Carlson, I'm so excited uh, that what I did and said might spark others, might illuminate in others the desire to put some action to their words. Uh, so number two, here's one of my thoughts. You know, we've we've created this kind of tug of war battle uh, that seems designed to never end. Uh, so I, I know people in the public school system are just so burned out by all of this and it's not that, that much of this is not about kids at all. Uh, they're pushing these equity trainings yeah. on teachers, forcing them you know, to acknowledge their privilege and supposed white supremacy, uh, and then making these educators regurgitate this stuff to their kids. And I, Dan, I don't see how it's helping teachers, and I certainly don't see how it's doing anything but harm students. Uh, you know, we're teaching kids to, you know, to go down the same destructive path. I think that we've gone down definitely over the last year and a half, which is fixating on the color of our skin. We're teaching them to see the world and all of its good and bad stuff through a singular lens, uh, which is our ethnicity, uh, that everything that happens or doesn't happen uh, can be boiled down to one single thing, and that's the color of our skin, and that's just wrong. Yeah. Um, so number three, here's why does it matter? Like at this point, I think we're, we're seeing people on each side of the issue just dig their heels in deeper. Uh, and it's, you know, I think change is going to happen. And I think the optimist in me wants to think that it's going to be positive change, but it's going to take time. And I think the best way to reach the right solution is for more parents and especially more teachers like Morris to stand up and not just say that they disagree with something, uh, but actually take steps to prove that they disagree with something mm. uh, by refusing to participate. And Morris said the same thing in her interview with Tucker. Uh, she said that although there are a lot of comments being made in school districts around the country by teachers, administrators, parents, she said that it's not really leading to a lot of change. Uh, but she said when people do something bold, when people put action to their words, actions speak louder than words, and that seems to be captivating people. Um, so she doesn't regret her decision at all, and she's hoping that more teachers will start saying, hey, I, this is wrong, and I'm not just going to tell you it's wrong. I'm going to refuse to participate, because if they can get enough people, enough teachers, administrators to say, I'm just not going to do this anymore, uh, then they're going to they're gonna, you know, be backed into a corner and going to be forced to change. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it is good to see people at least standing up, because... Yeah. Um, you know, it is a radical direction that uh, a lot of these schools are taking. And there is that debate, like you said, people digging in their heels over what is CRT, what isn't, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, especially Christians, when they feel like their, um, you know, convictions and their beliefs are being violated here and things that they just can't teach. Uh, it's good. To, it's good for them to stand up. You know, uh, even if you agree yeah. or disagree, it's, it's good for them to stand up. So, um, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if more people follow suit. I, I believe I believe they will. Yeah. Well, we saw that gym teacher also from Loudoun County a couple months ago uh, take a similar stand and just say, you know, it, it was, he, he was talking about transgender identity. He said, I can't tell a kid that biologically is male that that that, that kid is female and vice versa because it just goes against God's design mm -hmm. for creation. And he ended up being uh, suspended, but then he was reinstated and he's uh, hasn't been an issue again. So I think that's the only way uh, to make a difference is just to say, look, I'm not going to do this. Uh, and then hopefully that'll that'll force the, the schools to change course. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That is uh, that's all the time we have for today. A little bit long, but uh, I think we had a lot of information to get through. We got a lot of prayer requests. Um, yeah. I think after that, hearing all of that uh, to add to your list of people to be praying for. So 
Um, that is all the time we have for today. Head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes to the 4 and 3 podcast. God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow.